Are you ready to talk sports with one of the leading sports journalists of today? Welcome to All Around Sports with John Inglesby. John's years of experience as a journalist has allowed him to net exclusive interviews with top players, former players, commissioners, and owners. John and his guests are ready to give you the straight word when it comes to sports. Now, let's talk all around sports. Here is your host, John Inglesby. Voice America listeners, welcome to my 427th ever show of all around sports. We're each Monday at noon Eastern time. We broadcast live from Florida to go all around the world of sports for one hour to discuss what happened this weekend and what's ahead for the week. To join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net, which comes to me through my website at www.iirsportsoneword.com. As always, I will give you my highlights, lowlights, and bizarre news items from this past week. Also, we will be joined next segment by our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. Well, my highlight of the week is the start of spring training here in Florida. It began yesterday with, uh, quote, opening day with fans in attendance at, uh, at the ballparks. And it's very exciting time here in Florida. There's really nothing quite like spring training. And, uh, and now we're underway with a full month ahead. Uh, a lot of excitement here in the Tampa area for the Rays, who are defending their American League title and hoping to get to and win the World Series this year. They're talent-laden with the lowest uh, or among the lowest payrolls in all of baseball. So I think uh, they're pretty much a beloved team nationwide because uh, everybody loves an underdog, and any team that with a low payroll that makes it to the World Series is a team that gets your attention. And it's interesting in that uh, the Rays do their spring training down the road, probably an hour and a half south of Tampa in Port Charlotte, uh, while right here in the Tampa Bay area, other teams do their training in literally the shadow of Tropicana Field, where, of course, the Rays play. So right in downtown Tampa, literally across the street from Raymond James Stadium, where the Bucks just won the Super Bowl. And, oh, by the way, the party's still going on, uh, to say the least. The coverage is just daily. Uh and again, still celebrating, <laughs> unabated. And uh, anyway, uh, George Steinbrenner Field, where the Yankees hold their spring training games, is uh, literally right across the street. You use the same parking for a Yankees spring training game that you would use if you were going to a Bucks football game, i.e. the Super Bowl. So kind of cool and uh, beautiful, beautiful facility. And I think I saw, it seats about 10,000. I think I saw where yesterday they had somewhere around 2,000. So that tends to be the the general norm from the attendance figures I gleaned from yesterday's opening day. Uh, Then right up the road in Clearwater on a major highway called Route 19 down here is the Philadelphia Phillies. 
and uh, they have a beautiful facility too. I went to a game. Uh, well, I went to a couple games at Steinbrenner Field last year to watch the Yankees. Some play the Red Sox, of course. Also, some play the Pirates. And also went a couple years ago now to Spectrum Field where the Phillies play to watch the Pirates play the Phillies. And again, another beautiful facility. And uh, and I, of course, grew up in western Pennsylvania. So I uh, have a lifelong uh, interest in the Pirates and live in Boston. So, of course like the Red Sox um, and the Red Sox train down in Fort Myers, which is about two hours south of here in JetBlue Park, fairly new ballpark right across from the Fort Myers airport. But anyway, come and bring it back local. Then you go right beyond Clearwater to the beautiful, and I mean spectacularly beautiful town of Dunedin, Florida, which is where the Toronto Blue Jays train. And last year, I went to a game uh, with the Pirates visiting the Blue Jays. They have a beautiful facility right downtown Dunedin, which is a a very popular, trendy downtown area. Small town right on the water, um, on the bay, I should say. And, uh, And the interesting news here is, is that the Blue Jays, who... Had to leave Toronto last year due to COVID and the Canadian restrictions. And then they ended up playing in, uh, I think, their AAA facility down in Buffalo, maybe a hour to two-hour drive from Toronto itself. Anyway, this year, they are playing, starting the regular season with games in Dunedin. So Dunedin, where they do their spring training, is going to be their actual home of the Toronto Blue Jays. That's where their home games are going to be played in a spring training facility. Uh, again, beautiful ballpark. You can like hang out downtown, walk right down the street, and you're at the Blue Jays facility, which is really nice. You know, you factor in capacity and whatnot. Uh, you know, won't be that many because it's not that big. So if you go percentage wise, you know. Uh, 20% of Dunedin is nowhere near 20% of, uh, of the Rogers Center up in Toronto. So, uh, nonetheless, uh, fans were around at ballparks yesterday, a lot of excitement, um, and it's on, it's on the Detroit Tigers play their spring training, uh, over in Lakeland, Florida, which is halfway between Tampa and Orlando. Uh, which puts it at just about a half an hour drive or so, maybe 45 minutes. And if there's traffic, <laughs> one to one and a half, to, one to one and a half hours from either Orlando or uh, or Tampa. So nicely positioned there, and uh, so it's great. And then right over the bridge, uh, the bridge being, of course, the iconic Sunshine Skyway from St. Pete, St. Petersburg. Uh, is Bradenton, and that's where the Pirates train. And uh, and then right below Bradenton is Sarasota, and that's where the Orioles train. So there's half a dozen spring training sites within uh, under an hour from where I'm at, which is just awesome. And again, just a lot of excitement. 
and uh, and it's really maybe it's my favorite month in Florida. Always has been the month of March. Temperatures are usually perfect, and it was an absolutely perfect weekend at 80 degrees, uh, fairly low humidity, and of course everybody coming down for spring training games, especially this year, given uh, the year we've all had the pandemic. And, uh, and you know, a bit of a loosening in fan attendance, letting fans in the game. So I think that there'll be, uh, <laughs> they're probably all going to be sellouts this year, knowing sellouts is about 20% capacity. And uh, it's a wonderful time to be in Florida, uh, to say the least. And uh, March is the month, that's for sure. My bizarre story of the week is the continuing Deshaun Watson saga where he met with the new coach uh, face-to-face apparently within the last week or so. David Culley, I believe is the name. And uh, after that meeting, he still said he wants out. He wants to leave the Texans. And apparently the Texans are not even taking calls, as in they're going straight to voicemail. Um So whatever went on there, at least in the view of Deshaun Watson, uh, must not have been good in his eyes. Uh, Nobody knows really specifically what the reasons are. We've heard that he wanted more input and it was even uh, said that they would welcome it. But apparently when it was given, it wasn't welcome. That's about all that's out there really, truly publicly. Uh, So it seems to be something along those lines. Uh, But Deshaun Watson, top quarterback in the NFL, top 10. Um, And, you know, it's going to be interesting to watch that unfold. It's gone on for a while now. And and so it's going to be fascinating to see how it all unfolds. And now we have the Russell Wilson situation has uh, uh, reared its ugly head out in Seattle and there's reason to believe he could uh, be on the move. We shall see. Quite the hot stove uh, season for the NFL with quarterbacks, to say the least. We already had Jared Goff traded for Matthew Stafford, so and Carson Wentz traded to the Indianapolis Colts. So, a lot going on. Lastly, my low light of the week, and it's a week old, but it happened after our show. Last week, uh, Tiger Woods being injured in a horrific car accident. Uh, you all know the story, no need to repeat it all, but yesterday there was a nice touch at, uh, at the WGC tournament right across the bridge. I mentioned Bradenton earlier where the pirates train, well, there was also the PGA WGC, uh, tour stop yesterday and, uh, a number of players wore red. Shirts with black pants honoring Tiger's Sunday, traditional Sunday garb. And it was just really well-received. Tiger sent out a very, very grateful tweet. And Colin Morikawa won the tournament and joined Tiger alone. Only Tiger as both the only two golfers who have ever won both a uh, major. Morikawa won the PGA last year out in San Francisco, so both won a major and a WGC tournament. So that's rare air when you're on a list that includes only you and Tiger. 
And Karin Morikawa, you know, as we saw in the PGA last year, he's a closer. Uh, when I tuned in, saw he had a three-stroke lead on the back nine on Sunday. I pretty much assumed he would win. He did. He won by three. He held it. There was really never a doubt, never a slip. So he is uh, certainly someone to watch. I think it's his fourth tour victory. And most importantly, you know, he's a closer. Uh, and there's never been a better closer than Tiger. When he gets the lead, comes into lead on Sunday, he's probably going to hold it and win. And Morikawa did that yesterday the way Tiger has done uh, dozens and dozens of times. So now let's take our break. And next up will be our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. So don't go anywhere. Become our friend on Facebook. Post your thoughts about our shows and network on our timeline. Visit facebook.com forward slash voice America. Want to play the ponies and win? At Winning Ponies, we go inside and behind the scenes with the top jockeys, trainers, and handicappers. The Winning Ponies Radio Show with John Englehart, racing's regular guy, is the perfect complement to the Winning Ponies handicapping website. Catch us live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific on the Voice America Variety Channel. Win prizes just for calling in. Planning for college? Tune in to Getting In, a college coach conversation for tips, techniques, and insider perspectives. Hosted by Elizabeth Heaton, a former admissions officer at the University of Pennsylvania and featuring her fellow admissions and college finance experts from Bright Horizons College Coach. The show shares what colleges are really looking for and how to highlight your hard-won achievements for the best chance at success. New episodes air every Thursday at 4 p.m. Eastern Time, 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. A brave heart is anyone with the courage to be of service to others. If you have that courage, then Brave Hearts Radio with Brian Reinbold is for you. Even if you aren't yet, you'll want to still tune in to get inspired, create your own story to share, and change your life for the better. Listen to the stories of service and courage shared by amazing guests and your input too. Listen for Brave Hearts Radio, Mondays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time and 1 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Remember, doing good anywhere does good everywhere. The Internet's number one talk station. Number one talk station. VoiceAmerica.com listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment two of all around sports and i'm your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And it's that time of the show when our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well, joins us. And A.P., how are you doing today? Hey, John, how are you? I'm doing very well. So glad to be on your show. Thank you. 
Well, we appreciate you calling in and having you as we do every week. And uh, AP, it's March 1st, so happy March to you. And talked a lot to open the show about opening day yesterday and spring training here in Florida. I'm surrounded, luckily, by literally six teams under and easily under an hour, if not about a half an hour away from where I'm standing right now and uh, doing the show. Uh, but AP, March also means March Madness, and we inch closer and closer to March Madness. I know you've really got your eye on, of course, the school that you cover, Alabama, and they're having a banner, banner basketball season uh, on the heels of their uh, football national championship, which just seems like yesterday. And uh, and yeah, so they're looking good. They took one on the chin last week against Arkansas, but still appearing solid for the tournament, right? Oh, yeah, absolutely, John. And you mentioned the football and basketball at Alabama. This is the first time, John, believe it or not, since the 75-76 academic year that Alabama football and Alabama men's basketball have won the SEC. Alabama men's basketball uh, clinched the SEC regular season by beating Mississippi State over the weekend in Starkville. And so that's, that's quite a significant feat. That's a few years in between. Just a few, just a few, uh, <laughs> practically a half century um, <laughs> right. is one way, one way of looking at it. And uh, yeah, so I mean, you could say it's almost, depending on how it all turns out, it could be, you could tag the golden age, uh, you know, label on what happens if Alabama makes a run. Um so, AP, why don't we just start? Alabama's record is uh, uh, 19 and 6, I believe. 19 and 6. Nine, okay. 19 and that's, 6. That's awesome. And the SEC tournament is going to be held, right? All conferences are holding tournaments, is my understanding, at per so, usual, granted without right, so or with. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so far. So, uh, that's coming up in what, next week or two, right? Next next week, that should be next week, John. Yeah. Okay. And uh, so Alabama, Alabama in the league is fourteen and two, fourteen and two with two games remaining. So are they in first place? Yeah, they they clinched the SEC, the title that's already been achieved. So wow. they have to play Auburn t- tomorrow. That's a okay. home game. Arch rival. And I believe they pre- yeah, I believe they yeah, I believe they present the trophy at this game because Alabama won the Alabama-Auburn football game. So they, I think the football team will be there at halftime to accept the trophy. Really? Wow. Yes. Um, is this game being held in Auburn or Alabama? It, it's at Alabama, yes. Yeah, at Alabama, okay. Tuscaloosa. All right. Yeah, held there. And then, they, then they, there was a game, John, that they missed, Texas A&M, and they're not going to play that game what the league did, they came up with the replacement game. So Alabama is going to play Georgia, uh, I believe it's this Saturday. I, I think that's on CBS TV, matter of fact. Okay, cool. Um, so AP, is Alabama letting fans in, in, in the games? Yes, they, they, they let in a couple thousand per game, which is it's kind of – this has worked for Alabama and against Alabama because – if they were at home, John, they'd be selling out 15,000-plus 
No question. They've been starving for a winter, so they'd be selling it out. But on the road, you're traveling to a place like Tennessee with 24,000 or Kentucky with 23,000, and the fans are only limited to maybe a couple thousand. So I believe that worked in Alabama's favor. Sure. They won those games. They they beat Kentucky twice, home and away. They might have to do it a third time in a tournament. I think they're lined up over on that side with Kentucky. Kentucky has to win the first game, then Alabama has to buy. I think that's the way it's lined up at the moment. But So I think in some ways it, with this virus, it, it worked in their favor. Absolutely. No, I think that's, you know, yeah. happened across all sports where uh, basically home field, home court, home ice, whatever you want to call it, has been basically eliminated. And uh, and obviously it helps the visiting team. It just stands to reason. And, uh, you know, especially a team like Alabama in that, you know, they're, uh, you know, building their program to and taking it to even greater heights. So I think as they grow uh, the program, which has had a wonderful past, uh, but now they're, they have their eye on something even bigger, I think. <laughs> you would know better than me, but I'm, I'm guessing, you know, they're, they're eyeing up a national championship period with that kind of record, uh, playing in the SEC. Uh, so, you know, the sky's the limit from where they're sitting right now, I would think, and I'm sure you agree. Yeah, John, because Alabama has never been to the Final Four, and this is a year where you might not have some of these blue bloods in the tournament, among them Kentucky, maybe North Carolina, Duke, and Michigan State. If you're not going to make a run in this tournament this year, when will you? So I think this year for Alabama to be successful, they've won the conference outright during the regular season. If they win the tournament, that's great as well. But I think at a minimum, they have to win a couple of games in the NCAA tournament. Or I think people will, And I think the team would be highly disappointed. <clears throat> absolutely absolutely you gotta win those first two games i would say and you know move on to the next round to whatever the regional and uh that right. just has to happen for people to feel good I, I would say and that's the the minimum standard and then from there you know i won't say it's <coughs> excuse me won't say it's all gravy but it's a little bit uh but you know it, it's it's nice and I think people will yeah. feel good, but then all of a sudden, when that happens, you you know you want to go for the gold, and it sounds yes. like they got the talent. Now, AP, excuse my ignorance, but I have to ask: Is there have they won the full SEC, or is it like football SEC West, SEC East, and they won a division? Or no, it's the full conference. Yeah, they have just the one wow. um, division in the, in the basketball. Yeah, so they won it outright. Like I said, the record is 14-2 and two at the moment, two games remaining. I think they can tie the 1987 team, which was with Derek McKee. Mark Godfrey played on that team, Jim Farmer. They were 16-2 and two in the league, and they ended up being, I think, a number – I think they were a number two seed, and they were knocked off in Louisville, Kentucky by a Providence team, and Rick Pitino and Billy Donovan, they shot the lights out, and Delray Brooks had – they hit a lot of three-pointers. They scored 100. It was 102, I think, 87. Alabama could score against them, but they were hitting three-pointers. So that was the differential in that game. But Alabama is poised to be a number two seed. So that's why I say they're going to be playing a 15 seed uh, the first game. You know, you have to win that game. You can't lose a number 15 team. You just uh, no. – you're Alabama's. I mean, 
that that's unacceptable on many many levels. And then the second game, right, I, you want to finish strong. Yeah, yeah. You move on to the seven ten game, I believe that that winner. Right, right. No, you need I think Alabama is, yeah. wants to and needs to. I'd say finish strong and go rolling into the tournament. And AP, about how many SEC championships, uh, regular season championships, has Alabama basketball won over the years? Yeah, I, I, I believe it's nine, but I think that one in 87, they had to take that one away from them uh, due to some uh, NCAA issues with Derek McKee. So really, I think it's really nine, but I think technically right now it's eight. Okay. Yeah, so that's okay. only eight, eight in the history of the school, regular season championships. Okay, that's a nice number, and, you know, it's it worked out well, AP, where, you know, not only is Alabama having a banner season, but the behemoth of SEC basketball, obviously Kentucky, is having their worst mm. season in years under John Calipari. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it feels like they're, they're done. They have no chance to make the tournament. Am I generally correct about that? Well, uh, no chance with the record. Your only option is to win the SEC tournament. Okay, got it, got it, and then they're automatic. Yes, yeah, automatic, oh. right? So tournament winners are automatic. Okay, good to know. Yeah, in, in Kentucky, John Calipari, he's always voiced his opinion about that tournament not meaning very much. But now <laughs> this year, until now, <laughs> uh, you know, it, it definitely, it definitely, you know, if he wants to continue with the team, I don't know. I mean, um, I'm, I'm thinking he probably wants to end the season. I'm, I'm thinking, I don't know. It's been a tough one, you know. I, I think, you know, honestly, all of us, I mean, he basically invented the one and done. And I think all of us maybe wondered in the back of our mind, I did, you know, is this someday going to crash and burn? Because, you know, parading right. five new freshmen out there every year and ending up with things right up to and including national championships for John Calipari, is that someday going to gonna just crash and this year it finally did and you know and Mike Krzyzewski down at Duke has has been doing some one you know obviously followed Calipari's footsteps and did a lot has been doing one and done in recent years they're not having a good season although they're showing signs of life nope. um no. it's the blue bloods and then you know Kansas Michigan State they're all you know mm-hmm. average mm-hmm. at best and any one of them making the tournament is questionable, all four of those teams. And North Carolina, I mean, to even utter the sentence of using those five schools and adding may not make the NCAA tournament is, <laughs> it, it hardly even comes out of, you know, rolls off the tongue. It's so bizarre. No, no. John, I, I, I'm sure that historians are looking up those facts and figures the last time I think you mentioned about five teams here that they were not, one of them were not in the tournament and in the basketball tournament. I don't, that's that's going to take some digging with a big shovel. Correct. <laughs> big, yeah, maybe a backhoe. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, I think so. I believe so. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But, John, who could have thought the one and done and I always thought this was kind of curious that the school that would adopt the one and done would be Duke. You know, they're, they're always pride themselves on this fine academic institution. And the next thing, you know, they sold themselves to the devil and they're taking these one and dones. I know. Highly unusual. 
It's yeah. uh, it doesn't fit the profile. <clears throat> it doesn't fit the profile. Not at all. Not at all. Um, it's shocking, Mike Shusky, of all people. Yeah. So somebody who had to make a commitment to attend West Point. Correct. Correct. Um, no, it was. You know, it's been surprising to watch in recent years, and you know, and here's where they land, and you know, you just can't feel it's a coincidence to that it all happens. Uh, you know, to these five teams. Not that they're all bought into the one and done, but five blue bloods all having a bad season in the same year, which happens to be the year of the pandemic. You, you, there's got to be a connection. I don't know what it is, but you can't help but believe there is. And AP, it's it's just, uh, it's crazy. But bottom line, just to close out the segment, I, I feel that, you know, in a, in a backhanded way, you, you have to compliment what they were able to do in recent years with these one and dones. To me, to bring five freshmen yes. in the case of Kentucky, five to eight, you know, every year, and mold them into a team that makes a run in the NCAA is a real accomplishment. And, you know, obviously Duke has done it in the last few years and others have done it, you know, to a degree, maybe not that degree of Kentucky. And right. I mean, again, it's pretty amazing that they can do that, bring five people in who have never played together and mm. end up, you know, in the case of Calipari, actually won a national championship doing that. And uh, so it's, it's actually been impressive but again, I always had this little thing in the back of my mind, just wondering how, how long, you know, can this keep up and will it someday just not happen? And this is the year. Right, right. <clears throat> and I would say, John, maybe we can speak about this after the break, but I, I want to touch base on the number of championships that that has <clears throat> produced. Absolutely. And that's exactly what we'll do. So we have a topic for the next segment. And right now we'll take our break and get to that on the other side. Voice America is on your favorite smart speaker. If you have Alexa or Google Home, go ahead and give us a try. Hey, Alexa, play Finding Your Frequency podcast on TuneIn. Today, our 40s sit firmly in midlife. We are starting to feel our place and have many productive years ahead. But now is the best time to plan for our future life. Listen for 45 Forward with host Ron Roel. From retirement to health and technology to caring for our parents, no topic is off the table. We don't have a roadmap to our actual future, but we can start to plan more effectively. Tune into 45 Forward, Mondays at 3 p.m. Eastern Time, noon Pacific Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. Voice America presents a new kind of health awareness talk show, the Sharon Kleiner Hour, Health, Environment, and the Power of Water. Show host Sharon Kleiner interviews leading scientists to discover how each of us can become proactive in protecting our personal health environment in an increasingly unhealthy world. Every show offers new information that could save your life. The Sharon Kleiner Hour is health from an environmental perspective, your ultimate source for a personal environmental lifestyle. Listen Mondays at 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel and Wednesdays at 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Health and Wellness Channel. Tune in every Friday to get your weekend kickoff early. Join the legendary G. Keith Alexander for What's Hot Harlem America. The flagship show of the new Harlem America Digital Network has something for everyone. 
From the latest in entertainment to empowerment, health and wellness, and more, we'll bring you a variety of fresh viewpoints, voices, and ideas. What's Hot Harlem America with G. Keith Alexander can be heard every Friday at 1 p.m. in New York and 10 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Streaming live, the leader in Internet talk radio, voiceamerica.com. listening to all around sports with your host john inglesby become a part of today's show by calling 1-866-472-5788 that's 1-866-472-5788 or by sending an email to iir at comcast.net now back to the show voice america listeners welcome back to segment three of all around sports and i am your host john inglesby to join the show, the call-in number is 1-866-472-5788, or you can email me at iir at comcast.net. And back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Studham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And A.P., we are talking NCAA basketball, March Madness. It's March 1st. It's the, It begins this month uh, after not happening last year due to the pandemic, obviously. So we're glad to have it back, most importantly. And so, yeah, Alabama looking good. Uh, they're going to be in the tournament, obviously. And uh, and it'll be good to have March Madness back, AP. Yeah, absolutely, John. It's a lot of fun for people to watch the teams. And, and I think I, I think what's most enjoyable, John, is he, is – I mean, years ago, you didn't have all these television games. So you'd see a team from Utah or Drake or uh, Fresno State or somebody way out west. Or maybe you might see a, a Texas basketball team or, or Houston or whatever. But nowadays, the games are on TV. But I think it's fun where you're zeroing in on all these teams from across the country and you learn about their stories. Absolutely. There's just nothing like it. Um, you know, a Davidson, goes, a, Dav- a, a Davidson, a Davidson, right, right, John, a Davidson with Steph Curry. Fabulous! I remember all that like it was yesterday. He stole the show that year for sure. Uh, everybody loves Steph Curry since that since that tournament because you know he's short, period, and he can shoot. And who doesn't love that? <laughs> you know, period. Yes. And uh, yes. no, he 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 stole the hearts of America basketball yes. fans. At Davidson in that tournament run when he was raining three-pointers, and that's continued unabated, especially with the three NBA championships and whatnot. So, great story. He's just one of the best examples of how you can make a name and a memory in March Madness that will live forever. Oh, yeah. John, uh, everyone loves a rainbow, right? Everyone loves a rainbow. (laughs) Absolutely. No (laughs) doubt about it. So... Yeah, but, but oh yeah, uh, but there's so but so many. You know, I remember. Uh, of course, the most recent I feel is, um, but there's somebody every year. But you, you know, one of the yeah. best of recent years was Loyola of Chicago, with oh, Sister yeah. Mary, I believe it was, praying for him, and they made quite a run. I think they did go to the Final Four, and uh, 
But I remember, you yeah. know, Valparaiso pulling an upset. I remember Norfolk State pulling an upset. Of course, the original upset, the one I'll always remember, and we're going back in the Wayback Machine here, but you'll remember it, I guarantee it, when Cleveland State beat <laughs> Bob Knight in Indiana. Remember that? that? We're going back into the 90s, yes. not 80s on that oh, one. Oh, yes. Yeah, I mean, Kevin that, Mackey was the coach, I think, from, okay. from Boston College, the Boston College assistant, I think. 100% correct. I, I, I'm glad you said it. I, I had the name on the tip of my tongue, but Kevin Mackey it was. And I won't say it was the first upset, but boy, that's sure the one that we all remember. And, uh, you know, because it was Bob Knight getting upset. And, uh, yes. you know, in, in more ways than one, I'm sure. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> right, right. And yeah, but I mean, you know, the NCAA tournament, what can you say? I mean, I, I remember way back to, you know, the UCLA day, dynasty and, of course, you know, Bill Walton, the game against North Carolina State, who had, uh, you know, uh, Tom Burleson David and David Thompson, Thompson of course. Uh, Monty Tao and Monty Tao. And Monty Tao, exactly, the, the, the tallest and the shortest player in college basketball and uh, – <laughs> But, you know, and I remember, of course, the UCLA dynasties. I remember Villanova's run in 1971, I believe, with uh, Howard Porter and Chris Ford. Uh, and, oh, by the way, not to yes. mention the other guard was named Tom Inglesby. Um, spelled differently <laughs> than my name, but pronounced the exact same. So that was quite the uh, banner weekend for our family. Uh, what imagine. I always remember about that AP was... Uh, mm -hmm was that I have a brother who was, uh, who, who basically was in college around that time. And again, we're talking 19, early 70s. And my father was in World War II. And that weekend, because Villanova's from Pennsylvania, which is where I grew up. So that weekend, our phone rang off the hook with my <laughs> father's old war buddies calling to see if that was his son playing for Villanova. <laughs> Because again, right, I, right. you know, I had a brother who was college age, uh, and yeah. yeah, so just a great host of memories. You know, the UCLA dynasty with, of course, Lou Alcindor. I loved. Uh, well, you loved him or you hated him, but you you you'll remember this AP. We didn't get to see him much, so when they were on TV, you watched because here was this yeah. mystical dynasty with John Wooden. <laughs> coaching and you know you were lucky to see him twice a year until the tournament and even then right. it was maybe only three four games if that so right, right. so yeah i mean it's, yeah, the, it's part of the story yeah, of our lives magical. yeah i i think the other guy in villano was it hank simeon Tasky, something like that yes very good very good ap he was a starter on that team and he was spectacular yeah um, yes. of course another run we all remember uh You'll remember it. I remember it. Both New Englanders, uh, you know, Providence with Ernie D. Gregorio, Ernie D. and Marvin Barnes. That oh. was truly magical. Oh, I love watching. Oh, love watching that team, Ernie D. And I wanted oh to see that rematch with UCLA. They played them out there in the regular season, and right. UCLA beat them pretty bad. But uh, Providence was on a roll with Kevin, Kevin Stakem with his backcourt mate. Of uh, for an E.D. Gregorio, Marvin mm -hmm. Barnes, uh, Nehru King. I think there was a forward. I forgot his, his first name was Fran. I forgot his last name, but but they were just they were beating up on Memphis State with uh, Robinson 
uh, the power forward, left-hander. I think Larry Keenan was on that team. Yes. And also Larry Finch was the outstanding All-American guard. And Providence was beating them, and then Marvin Barnes got hurt, and I think they were ahead by maybe 15 points, and they lost the lead. And uh, Memphis State went on to play UCLA, and Bill Walton hit 21 of 22 that night and two free throws exactly. for 44 points. Exactly. Maybe the greatest single-game performance in NCAA history, period. Um, yes. But, A.P., yeah. we were talking about uh, one-and-dones as well, and I know you had some thoughts on that. So I, I want to, you know, yeah. hear what you have to say on that subject as well since we were talking about that at the end of the previous segment. Yeah, well, it's interesting, John. In, in men's basketball, college basketball, you have the one-and-dones, which are some of the best players, obviously, sure. coming out of high school. but. John Calipari, he's had a great record at Kentucky, won a lot of games, but I believe he just has the one championship. Correct. Now if Stunning. you're you're on the college it. if you're on the yeah, if you're on the college football level level and you have outstanding recruiting classes, you're winning championships if you if you're developing those players. You know, Nick Saban is the example, of course, and uh if he had one championship and I I think he's going on his fifth his um this is like the 14th or 15th year for him, which is hard to even fathom. Imagine if he had one championship. I think that's what Mac Brown did at Texas, one championship in 15 years. Right. And let's not forget he was in the final four with UMass. Uh, and right. being from being, having lived in Boston, yep. uh, we always remember that team, right. uh, to say the least. Um, Marcus Candy from Hartford Marcus, Public High School, right. Exactly. So he did actually get to the final four. But of course, the one that will stick in his craw and everybody remembers is, you know, when he had the lead uh, against, uh, you know, out in Memphis against Kansas. And, you know, Mario Chalmers hit the, I believe, game winner. If not, it was the game tying shot that sent it into overtime, whatever. I forget the details, but Mario Chalmers Chalmers hit a shot for the ages. Uh, But anyway, yeah, uh, my memory is. Memphis, maybe even Derrick Rose missed some foul shots at the end that would have sealed it, but it didn't happen. Correct? Right. Well, I think that's that that sums it up. I believe it's pretty close, pretty close, John. And so, it's right there. What I'm saying is, yeah, you know, you have all these great recruiting classes, but you're still having the heartbreak at the end, except for one season. Correct, and uh, you know, John Calipari is not one to mince words. Uh, I, I think he would be the First person to say that he would have thought he had, he would have had more than one. Uh, again, the one he'll always remember. We all remember. To repeat myself is obviously the when he coached Memphis and they had the lead late in the national championship game against Kansas, who pulled it out in the end. But uh, yeah, and Calipari, I mean, he's got you know plenty of detractors and whatnot, but I sat in on one of his press conferences during a Thanksgiving tournament at uh, uh, Mohegan Sun in Connecticut. And you know, yeah. he's, he, he, from a media point of view, he is a great, great oh, yes. press conference guy. And, you know, he, he, he grew up in Clarion, Pennsylvania, which is not far from where I grew up. So, you, you right. know, I, I've always liked him because of that and his personality. Not liked by all, but certainly noticed by all is, you know, he is who he is and he makes no apologies and I give him credit for that. He's unique. Oh, yeah. No, he's always entertaining. He's always uh, cordial if you meet him in person. Uh, Correct. He's, totally. Uh, and, you know, he's, some, yeah, he's, he's, um, 
he's someone that people uh, watch the games because his teams are playing. And uh, so, yeah, he's, he's a person, a, a character in college basketball that, that helps grow the sport. Oh, no doubt about it. No doubt about it. Well, AP, it's great to be talking college hoop. It's, it's the right time to be talking college hoop. So why don't we take our final break now, and then we'll talk maybe some more college hoop. Follow us on Twitter at VoiceAmericaTRN. Get the lowdown on guests, new shows, and your favorites. That's VoiceAmericaTRN. Have you checked out Teen Wealth Radio? It's a show for teens, their parents, and educators. Hosted by Brandy England. Along with regular weekly contributors, Teen Wealth Radio will cover the topics that teens need to talk about. Plus, we discuss a book of the week and a movie of the week. And each show will offer a challenge to our teen listeners that they can share on our private Facebook group page. Be sure to tune in to Teen Wealth Radio. Live every Thursday at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, 5 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Variety. Are you finding your frequency? It can be described as that space between failure and success. It's the future of digital media. It's finding your voice. It's engaging topics, content, and ideas. Jeff and Ryan discuss the digital media space and all of its aspects. It's about making the mistakes, taking the chances, summoning the intestinal fortitude to step out of your comfort zone, and discovering what you can accomplish when you decide to try, decide to learn, decide that you have something to say, and find your frequency. Live Fridays at 12 noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time, on the Voice America Variety Channel. If you are working on your path to enlightenment, may we suggest another guide point to help you get there? It's Soul Healing Conversations with your host, Roz Kincaid. Roz and her guests are making this show a safe place to find balance, healing, and transformation. You'll learn how to manifest the best version of your life. Make sure you join Roz every week for Soul Healing Conversations, live every Wednesday at 3 p.m. Eastern Time and 12 noon Pacific Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Stimulating talk it gets those synapses in the brain firing really fast. All the time. The number one internet talk station where your opinion counts. VoiceAmerica.com. You are listening to All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Become a part of today's show by calling 1 866 472 5788. That's 1 866 472 5788. Or by sending an email to IIR at Comcast.net. Now back to the show. We're some America listeners. Welcome back to the fourth and final segment of All Around Sports. I am your host, John Inglesby, and back on the line with us is our weekly call-in expert, A.P. Stedham, veteran multimedia personality who covers Alabama football and many other sports as well. And before we get started, my pick of the week for appointment viewing is the Arnold Palmer Invitational right up the road here from Tampa in Orlando at Bay Hill Arnold's Club. Uh, They just finished up the tournament in Bradenton, Florida yesterday, so we're talking under an hour drive from Bradenton up to Bay Hill. 
So I would think uh, they had a strong field in Bradenton. I'm guessing they'll have an equally strong, if not better, field. Every, most most players show up out of sheer respect for Arnold. And I'm hoping to get up there on Thursday, AP. And uh, been a while. It, it will be if I if I can make it and get in. And they are allowing limited fans in. If I can get there, uh, it will be the first sports event I've attended since the Bruins, Boston Bruins at the Tampa Bay Lightning at Amelie Arena a year ago, practically to the day. It was the first week of March. That's the last sports event I attended for obvious reasons. <laughs> I'm sure there's a millions right. could say that. <laughs> it's been a year. Right. Yes. Yes. So yes. For if, sure. If, uh, if I can make it up there Thursday and uh, that will be my first first in-person live sports event at a, a, a major sports event in a year. Hard to believe. Yeah, that's incredible, John. You can say a year between events. Correct, correct. And I, like you, uh, someone who likes events, sports events, obviously. And, uh, yes. you know, just hasn't happened. Uh, you know, Patriot season tickets, obviously no games were held at Gillette this year. On and on, no re- reason to rehash at all, AP, but golf. Uh, I've been to Bay Hill, not, but never for a tournament. It's like a shrine, a museum to Arnold Palmer, who grew, who grew up in Latrobe. I grew up less than an hour away from Latrobe. So Arnold Palmer's been someone, you know, that I've followed my entire life. A true legend, if there ever was one. I mean, he's he's on the shore, he's on the Mount Rushmore of sports legends. Period. And, uh, oh yes, yeah, no with a dollar sign next to his name. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So I'm excited. Hopefully, it works out. But there's already excitement around here. We're we're into AP, what's called you know the Florida Swing, which is the annual May March. Excuse me, March. PGA Tour stops here in Florida. So we had yesterday in Bradenton. That, by the way, was moved from Mexico due to the pandemic. So it was held in Bradenton. Uh, And then this week is Bay Hill. The week after that is the Honda down in Palm Beach Gardens. And then then also in March is the players up at Ponte Vedra near Jacksonville. So yesterday was the first of four Florida tournaments. And then the fabulous Valspar, which is right here in the Tampa area. It's been uh, pushed back a little this year, so it's not actually in March. I think it's uh, the last weekend of April spilling into May. Um, So I think it's uh, basically like April, yeah, April 29th into May 2nd. So They'll be coming back to Florida after the, the March swing, the Florida swing, as they call it, that occurs every March. So you, you mix that AP with spring training, and uh, Florida's cooking, to say the least. <laughs> oh, yeah, there's balls flying everywhere in that state <laughs> right now. <laughs> <laughs> well said, AP. Balls flying everywhere in, in, in 80-degree weather, no less. Uh, right, and, and different sizes, too. Yeah, and AP, I, I just you were down here for Super Bowl week. I got I just give you an update because you were here that week, and uh, and I've been here. The afterglow really continues at the highest level I've seen since the first uh, 
Patriots Super Bowl victory back in 01 when they beat the uh, greatest show on turf, Tom Brady's first of seven Super Bowl victories. AP, it's so nice, it's so fresh to see this. It just the celebration continues on, AP, here in Tampa for that Super right. Bowl victory. It's just unabated. It's still leading the news every night. By that, I just mean, of obviously, Tampa Bay Bucks news. You mix in the Lightning, defending Stanley Cup champions, playing well. Uh, you know, the Rays, Tampa Bay Rays, started spring training yesterday down in Port Charlotte, an hour and a half from here, uh, in the World Series last year. And then uh, Toronto Raptors, they're having some issues getting their games played due to COVID, but they're basically, they're playing their games at Amelie arena where the lightning play. And, uh, so it was quite the exciting time in Tampa Bay sports and the blue Jays are going to play their regular season games right here in Dunedin, um, where they do spring training. So they started yesterday too. So AP it's, they're, they're calling it Tampa Bay. There's a good reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they have been very fortunate and who would ever think, uh, People thinking of a team by the bay, they're thinking of San Francisco possibly or Oakland uh, years right. ago, but it's, it's Tampa Bay. AP, it's Tampa Bay, and they are loving it like nothing I have seen in decades, and it's wonderful. And AP, hard to believe we're already at the end of our show. I want to thank you again for calling in and, uh, and giving your expertise on so many sports topics. My pleasure, John. Thank you so much for having me. And thank you, AP. And as always, thank you all for listening to All Around Sports. And we look forward to doing it all again next Monday at noon Eastern. Thanks again for tuning into All Around Sports with your host, John Inglesby. Be sure to tune in again next Monday at 9 a.m. Pacific Time, 12 noon Eastern Time on the Voice America Variety Channel. Have a terrific weekend, and we'll talk sports again next week.